Isaiah chapter number 28. Uh, we're going to talk about the title of our message today is called Here a Little and There a Little. Um, how many of you have been to a Bible conference before? Maybe a long time ago. <coughs> like, <coughs> like all day, yeah, that tent revival can probably some, be something like that. And, you know, in those things, there's like, different preachers and then they go one after another you'll just break for like a 15 minutes for coffee or lunch break and then you go back at it no we're not gonna have that today something like that yeah <laughs> we're not gonna have some we're not gonna have that today but we're gonna have like a little uh we're, since we started over here um there's been a couple of uh people who would reach out to me and ask me questions what about this what about that and some would be through email, some would be through phone, and I encourage you out there in the inter- internet, if you have any questions, you can send it over to me at frsimeon1611 at gmail.com, or uh, just, you know, message our Facebook um, account, and, uh, and then we'll, we won't always do this every week. We'll probably do this maybe once or twice a month, and uh, so... Needless to say, two things. A, kind of nervous because <laughs> there's three topics that we want to cram into one. Three questions that we would like to answer. Um, and <sighs> kind of also excited because, hey, you know, preaching is important in our lives. And we'll see why later on. So let's read, before we go to our review, let's read uh, our text verse over here at Isaiah chapter number 28, verse 9 to 10. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And there's what, where we get our, our title from. So, um, and some of you might have noticed this while you're doing your Bible reading. That, like, you'd say to yourself, wait a second, I've read this before. But how come I'm just noticing that right now again? Have you, have you noticed that? Have you experienced that? Yeah. You know why? It's because sometimes the Lord waits for us to grow before He entrusts us with opening our eyes to a certain truth. I'll give you an example. Say, for example, uh, I have an older brother, and of course, because he's older than I, he was the first one who learned how to drive. And so when he was a little older, uh, he w- my dad would entrust him with the car. And of course, being old, little old jealous me, I would say, how come... You're entrusting my older brother with a car and not me. Well, first of all, I couldn't reach the pedals. (laughs) So it's the same thing, you know. The Lord waits for us to grow and then here uh, He he gives us a little precept and then puts a a little more precept, precept upon precept, precept upon precept until He gives us line upon line, here a little, there a little, until we're like, oh, hey, I... I've read this before, but how come I'm just understanding that now? It's about the same concept. So let's pray first before we go forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, your words. Thank you, Lord, for 
um, these questions. We pray that we would be able to, in this time, um, be slow and articulate, but also be able to use up all our time wisely, dear Father, so we can, we can share what you want us to share and help us, Father, to keep our attention and remove all that, the distractions from our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Review from last week. Okay. Number one, what is the message of the gospel of the kingdom? You remember? Was I here last week? <laughs> Repent and for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank you, sir. What is the message of the gospel of Christ? Death, burial, and resurrection. Am I hearing like a wind or something? Oh, okay. Um, so the message of the gospel of the kingdom, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message of the gospel of Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Who are the messengers of the gospel of the kingdom? Remember? Jesus, the disciples, John the Baptist. Who are the messengers of the gospel of Christ? Us and Apostle Paul. Amen. Now, here we go. What are the two things that are always connected? Sorry, typographical error. Always connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Baptism and healing. Thank you. Why is that? Why are those two things always connected to the gospel of the kingdom? Because remember, exactly, remember the Lord Jesus Christ was creating a kingdom of priests. And in the book of P Peter, he would actually call them, um, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who, are, who had called for the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So um, when you read the gospel of the kingdom, the most Logical question that comes to mind is what kind of kingdom? And God says it's the kingdom of priests. And how do you become a priest? No priest can become a priest if they have physical imperfections. And that's why God, the Lord Jesus Christ in His earthly ministry would heal people. And also number two, priests should be baptized or washed to be hallowed before they are qualified to become priests. And that's why baptism and healing are always connected to the gospel of the kingdom. So last but not the least here, yes or no. Is water baptism a requirement for our salvation today? No. no. Good. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys are listening. <laughs> Praise God. So let's, we're going to try to discuss three questions, hopefully. If not, we can discuss the, uh, what, whatever we're not able to some other time. But the first question we'd like to discuss is how do we receive Christ? How do we receive Christ? If this is not... Uh, this is a question that I've gotten many times. Um, and uh, I like what, uh, what, I think it was Brother Cal who said this last week. Yeah, you have, uh, we do have to receive Christ. Praise God for that. Thank you very much, Brother, Brother Cal. Now, the question, however, that was, got, that was given to me was, well, how do we receive Christ? How do we receive Christ? And before we answer the question, how do we receive Christ? The, the, the more important question, I should say, is 
how was he given? Like, say for example, if something was given to us by mail, then how do we receive it? Either by the mailman or the UPS man or brother, brother Andrew or go over to the post office to your P.O. box. If something was given to us by hand, reach out, right? And grab it to receive it. The question is, before we know how, to re- how do we receive Christ, how, do we, how was Christ given to us? And if you remember our, our lesson two weeks ago, the order of salvation, the, the very first thing we have to do when we're sharing the gospel is the hearing of the faith. We have to give to them, we have to preach to them, if you will, the gospel of salvation or the gospel of Christ. So uh, we're not going to read the whole thing over here, uh, but because we're going to read this all throughout we're going to see this all throughout. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, where our gospel is. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I, what? Preach unto you, which also ye have, what? Received. Now, later on, it's going to tell us what the gospel of Christ is, which is for us, His death, burial, and resurrection. Now, how was it given to us? How did they, you know, before we, they have received it, we have received it, but before we figure out how they, uh, how to receive it, how was it given? Now, I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it was preached to us. This gospel was preached to us. Now, we need to be careful with the illustrations that we use whenever we're sharing the gospel. Because if, you are, uh, if you've shared the gospel many times before, you would have used the verse Romans 6.23. Right? Um, the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then from there, I've done this many times before. I probably still do right now. And then from there, you use the illustration of somebody giving you a gift. And if somebody gives you a gift, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it or else it won't be a gift, right? All you have to do is Receive the gift. Now, see, that the reason why I say be careful of that is because we need to explain to them that the gift, yes, the gift that is given is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But how did that happen? That happened about 2,000 years ago in the cross of Calvary. None of us has a time machine to go back there and receive that Jesus Christ. Right? How is that gift given to us right now? Or how is, it, how is it shared to us right now? By somebody preaching that word of truth and giving it to us today. Right? Am I making sense here a little bit? All right. So let's go to the next one. Um, uh, Galatians chapter number 1, verse number 9. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now, this is talking about another gospel, but it's the Apostle Paul saying, hey, listen, I preached the real gospel to you. You received it. But there are other people who are going to preach another gospel to you. Don't receive it. Let him be accursed. So what, what we're trying to focus on in here is how was that gospel given to us? How was that gift given to us? How did it 
arrive into our time right now when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified 2,000 years ago. It is preached to us. Amen. How was it given? Preached. Well, the question right now is, how do you receive it? Right? So, we go to Galatians chapter number 3, verse 1 to 3. It says, are you still there? <laughs> it says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. So, in the time of the Galatians, Paul had a problem, or the Galatian church had a problem. There would be some people who would come in and tell them, Hey, listen, you're not saved because you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do the law. And Paul said, Wait a second, wait a second. You guys are being foolish. You guys are being bewitched. Let me ask you a question, Paul says. Receive ye the Spirit, uh, receive ye the spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. See that? How did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit by being baptized? Did you receive the Spirit by sacrificing an animal? Did you receive the Spirit by keeping the Sabbath? Or did you receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith and then believing it? Right? And God and, and, and Paul says, Are ye so foolish? Foolish. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Why do you pound this, Brother Francis, so much in our church right now? Listen, I can't, we, I, we cannot move forward if this is not cemented. Amen. If this is not concrete by this time. Um, so, let's not be foolish. Let's not trust the traditions of men. Let's make sure that salvation in our church is clear and concise and just making sure that it's through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do we receive that thing that is preached to us then? Colossians 2 verse 6 to 8. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus our Lord, so walk ye in him. So, if I'm going to put it into my fifth grade Filipino American English, <laughs> how are we supposed to walk in the Lord Jesus? How is our daily walk supposed to be in the Lord Jesus? The same way you receive him. Am I saying, am, am I paraphrasing this correctly? How, how is my daily walk supposed to be with Christ? The same way you receive them. So if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, correct me if I'm long, wrong here, if my logic is wrong here, if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ by being baptized, therefore I have my daily walk with Him, I have to be baptized every day. <laughs> right? If I, if, my, if, my, if I receive Jesus Christ by praying the sinner's prayer, therefore my daily walk with Him, I have to, re I have to pray the sinner's prayer every day. But that's not what it's saying now, is it? As ye have received, therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. And then, is that the end of the sentence? There's a colon there, right? And the rule is, if that's not, the rule is, if it's not the end of the sentence, keep reading. 
rooted and built up in Him, how does that happen? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And established in the faith. How does that happen? Being established in, remember we read that in Romans chapter number 16. Being, we, are being, we are able to be established by the gospel that's preached by the Apostle Paul. As he have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So let's go to this last verse for this first question. Woo! And then hopefully, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get an illustration and then hopefully we're done with this first question. All right? Again, the question is, how do you receive the Lord Jesus Christ? And then we establish the fact that how is that gospel given to us? By being preached to us. All right? 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of truth, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which worketh, which effectually worketh also in you that, what? Believe. So notice the three parallels over here. You got one that received and then received. And then the third word that the Apostle Paul, by the, under the power of the Holy Ghost, says, believe. All right? So question number one, how do you receive the gospel? How do you receive Christ? Receiving is believing what you heard. Does that answer the question? Let me give you an illustration, and then we'll go to question number two. What does the term gospel mean again? Do you remember? That's the gospel of Christ, but just the generic term is good news or good tidings. Thank you, sir. Uh, the term gospel is good news. So say, for example, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I have a gospel or a good news for you, Francis. And I said, awesome. What is it? Well, you are, promote, you are promoted to CEO of your company. Woo! Just for, for an example. Well, that's good news or a gospel. It's not the gospel of my salvation, but it is a gospel or a good news for me. Question, how do I receive that gospel? How do I receive that good news? Oh, wonderful HR department, I, I acknowledge that I am just a regular employee. I accept this promotion to come into my heart. And is that how I do it? By hearing and believing, amen, and accept the way, by, the way I receive or accept it, but it's by hearing it and then believing. Or do I go, hey, Francis, uh, you're promoted. That's the good news. That's a gospel to you. Awesome. I need to be baptized to get to that promotion. No, I just believe it. Did we answer the question finally? How do we receive the Lord Jesus Christ? How do we receive the gospel? We receive the gospel by believing what we heard. In this instance, what we heard is the gospel of our salvation, His death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? Question number two. 
Did the 12 apostles preach and believe the same gospel that we preach and believe? And now, like I said yesterday, um, now, like I said yesterday or last week, that this is sort of like a um, confusion in many churches. But there's a reason why this is very important. And I'll show, hopefully we get to that in the very, in the very last of question number two. Again, our gospel is over there in the bottom part in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse about 3 and 4. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's our gospel for today. Amen. Now, is that the same gospel that the 12 apostles preached and believed during their earthly ministry? Well, let's ask them themselves. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 22. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he might go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, death, and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to say, Awesome, Lord, because that's what we need, your death, burial, and resurrection. Is that what he said? <laughs> he said, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. He did not understand it yet because it has not happened yet. Amen? Next. Matter of fact, you'll see it later on if you read the book of Peter. Peter would describe the gospel that was given to the Apostle Paul as things that are hard to be understood. <laughs> anyway, it's... I should, we'll, 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 maybe we'll talk about that some other time here. But let's look at Mark 9, 31 to 32. If you're now just joining us over, especially at internet land, we're trying to answer the question, did the 12 apostles preach and believe the same gospel that we preached and believe? Well, we're asking the 12 disciples themselves. Mark 9, 31 to 32. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, the son of man is delivered into the hands of men. And they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. What happened? The apostle says, awesome. Now we can believe that. Is that what he said? No. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. Now remember in, in the book of Corinthians, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Remember? Now remember, the word our gospel is important. Every word is important. Look at this, Luke 18, verse 31 to 32. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood not that, that saying. Or sorry. Uh, and this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. <gasps> Does that mean that they're lost because 
If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. No. It's maybe because they are thinking or talking about a different thing. We'll show you later. John 20, verse 8 and 9. Then went in also that other disciple. Remember, this is the third day Jesus Christ rose, or after the third day Jesus Christ rose again. And uh, so Peter went and ran first, and then the other disciple came in as well. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the question is, did the 12 apostles preach and believe the same thing we preach and believe? Right? The 12 apostles did not preach the gospel of Christ because it has not happened yet. They preached the gospel of the kingdom. And this is important. Why, sir, preacher? Uh, I borrowed this from a preacher that I heard, and some of you probably know him as well. So I'm going to quote him. Young John takes a drink of milk and says this is very refreshing. And the waiter representing the spirit of the age says, it is, is it? What do you call it? He said, milk. A fellow by the name of John was drinking milk and said, wow, this is refreshing. The waiter says, really? It is? What do you call it? Milk. And I don't mean to be crass over here, but this is what he says. It's only the secretion of a cow, isn't it? He said a cow secretes urine, produces milk. What's the difference? Yuck. So John says he didn't know what, how to respond to this, and then he made a big mistake on commenting on the tastiness of the eggs. <laughs> and the waiter says, you know what an egg is, don't you? And he proceeds to give it the most debased description, and young John doesn't know how to respond to it. But he says, all of a sudden, after that man has gone, reason comes riding on a horse and rescues me, rescues me and says to me, he looks at the waiter of the spirit of the age, and he says, you lie. You lie because you don't know the difference between what nature has meant for nourishment and what nature has meant for garbage. Milk is meant for nourishment. Urine isn't. Eggs are meant for nourishment. Chicken waste isn't. If we don't know how to rightly divide what is right for us and what is not supposed to be for us, then that's the problem. Now, that's really a, like I said, I don't mean to be crass and disrespectful. We cannot compare the rest of the Bible to, to urine or anything that's, that's unnecessary or inappropriate. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just saying, if all we do is, all right, Lord, how do I learn your will for me today? All right, so, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Then that's trouble. Right? So, the Apostle Paul, who is the, gen- the Apostle to the Gentiles, is where we live because he is the one that, he is the Apostle that God called to speak to us. Amen. So, did the 12 apostles preach and believe the same gospel that we preach and believe? They preached the, king, the gospel of the kingdom. Question number three. Last question. 
Now, I thought that I would choose this question because this is very important to our week this week. Why is being thankful important? Well, how many of you have worked with somebody who did not, who, who all they did was find anything that was wrong? <laughs> now, maybe you have uh, somebody who works for you that's like that. I have, I have somebody that works for me who's like that, and they're always, and sometimes you kind of just dread when you see their name on the phone. Because <laughs> you know that it's going to be a complaint, right? And I'll tell you what, sometimes it's really hard, speaking humanly here, sometimes it's really hard to grant them their requests. Because you know they're not going to be happy about it. They're, being thankful, like we prayed earlier, is not just something that we should be doing during Thanksgiving. It should be an attitude of, Every single one of us who are saved. Amen. It's not supposed to be just circumstantial. We're not supposed to only be thankful for stuff whenever things are going good for us. We're also supposed to be thankful when things are not going good for us. Um, so let's, let's look at the verses here, shall we? Are you still there? We're in number three. This is the last promise. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse, well, we're going to read all the way to verse number 5. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous, perilous, in other words, dangerous. Amen. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Well, well, brother Francis, I am not one of those. But all those things that seem to be too drastic is followed by something that we are all in danger of being and doing. Unthankful. Unholy. Look at the next verse. Without natural affection, truce bakers, false, accusation, uh, false accusers, sorry. Despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Watch this. Having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Now, correct me. If, if I'm reading this wrong, correct me here. But I think I'm reading this right. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power, of, power thereof, wouldn't that tell us that you can look godly, but not be godly? Right? And if you look godly, there's a power of godliness that this, this statement is saying that you are denying that you do not have if you merely look godly but are not really godly. Correct? So number one, why is being thankful important? Because it protects us from only having a form of godliness. You, we can look Christian. We can... We've heard that all the time. We can sing the songs. We can say the words. We can walk the walk. We can talk the talk. But if we look only godly from the outside, but we don't have that attitude of thankfulness in the inside, we are in danger of, of, of denying the power thereof. Next. 
Romans 1, 21 to 22. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were, what? Thankful. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Number two, why is being thankful important? It protects us from, from, be, from becoming vain in our imaginations. What's becoming vain in our imagination? What's the word vain means? Something that's not, that's without essence, without meaning. You know, it's like when somebody is always concerned about their looks. Have you heard that? People would say, this guy is so vain. No content, no substance, no meaning. And when we become unthankful, we are in danger of becoming vain in our own imaginations. Have you experienced that? I've experienced like one day I'm so thankful and everything is just bright and shiny even though there's storms outside. <laughs> but then the next day, even if it's sunny outside, in my heart, everything is just complaints, complaints, complaints. Why is this like this? Why is this like that? Why? Because I have become vain in my imagination. Next. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Redound means to go back to. And maybe some of you have heard this saying in this church when somebody would say, nice singing, praise God for the playing of the piano, praise God for the preaching, praise God for all that you do for the church, brother or sister. And then you would hear something like this, well, to God be the glory. You know, when we are thankful, and that's why we have our praise and thanksgiving at church, it's not just so we can tell people how awesome, you know, like the great things that are happening in our lives, but so people can realize that, hey, it's God that's working all these things, and all the glory goes back to Him. When you say awesome message, Brother Francis, what do we say? To God be the glory. Why? Because we want everyone to leave the church not thinking what an awesome preacher. We want people to leave the church thinking what an awesome Savior. Amen. Um, so, when we are thankful, the glory goes back to the Lord. To, to, the, uh, sorry, the glory goes back to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Next. Philippians 4, uh, verse 6 to 7. Are we still there? Are we learning stuff? Talk about Bible conference. Talked about three separate preachings in one hour or 30, 40 minutes. Whew! All right. Uh, for, uh, Philippians 4, verse 67. Be careful for nothing. Meaning, don't, you know, some people say this as don't worry about things too much. Don't be stressed out about things too much. Full of care about nothing, for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your commands be made known unto God. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> let your requests. 
You'll hear some preachers say, you have to command God to give you this thing. You have to name it and it'll be yours. Just send us a check for $50 and you'll get a book or something like that. Well, what, what we're trying to say here is in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. So here's the thing. You're praying, you're requesting for things to happen. What do you get in return? You get, do you get, does, does the verse say you get what you're requesting for? The verse says you get the peace of God. <laughs> right? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, meaning whether you get what you're requesting for or not, you are so thankful because, Lord, wow, I am so confident. I, the peace that you've given to me, I may not understand it right now, but I am so much at peace that, listen, you've taken care of my biggest problem, which is my salvation, and I'm just going to trust everything to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And the next verse, actually, verse number eight to this, is one of my, my wife and I, Sister Katie, are... are our uh, memory verses a couple months back. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. When you are thankful, it's easy to think about these things. When you are thankful, it's easy to think about the things that are true, the things that are honest, the things that are just. When you are not thankful and vanity creeps in, you know what? You know what you always think about? Everything that's wrong in life. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And we've read this earlier before. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So, um, how, how is our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ supposed to be? Our walk, our daily walk, our daily lives as a Christian should always be abounding in thanksgiving. If our sal- think about this, if our salvation was done, 100% of it was done by the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing that we did could ever save us or did save us, then our attitude should always be that of thankfulness. Amen. Colossians chapter number 3, uh, I-, I looked at the time here, bear-, bear with me. Colossians chapter number 3, verse 14 and above all things, put on charity. Charity is, um, is the real kind of love. Amen. Some, people love, some people's love is selfish love. Charity, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, describe, is described over there as the real kind of love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to that which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now, 
we are in one body, many different members, many different brothers in, and sisters in Christ in one body, and not all of us are the same. <laughs> Amen? Now, I asked you earlier, have you ever had somebody who's always negative work for you or you work with them? And you said yes. But have you ever, have, have you ever met a brother or sister in Christ who whenever you walk down the aisle and they're coming down the other way, you're like, oh, I got to turn the other way because if I ask him how, he's, how his day is, he might tell me. Don't look at them right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, 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 have, I have somebody. I'm, I'm probably that way to somebody as well. But I'm telling you, the body of Christ, it's easier for us to operate in the body of Christ by putting on charity. And it is hard to put on charity if we don't have a thankful attitude. Last but not the least here, last verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Watch, watch the wording here, okay? You know this verse. Watch the wording. About everything give thanks. Is that what it says? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Meaning, because we're saved, in every situation we have the capability of giving thanks. Amen. And that's why as Christians, we are told that we have joy. You know, what's the difference between joy and happiness? Do you know? Hap- happiness comes from the same word that gives us happen. Meaning, it's an external stimuli, stimulus. Meaning, happiness, we become happy depending on what happens to us from the outside. Joy is in the inside. In everything, not about everything. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So summary, what's the question again? Why is being thankful important? Number one, it protects us from only having a form of godliness. Number two, it protects us from becoming vain in our imaginations. Number three, It brings the glory back to God and not to us. Number four, it keeps our mind on the things of God, which is the peace of God that passes all understanding, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, things like that. It helps us walk, or sorry, it helps us with our walk in Christ. It's just so easy. It's easier to serve God when you're thankful. Amen. It helps us to apply charity. And last but not least, it helps us in every circumstance that we are in. Last story, then, are, then I'm done. If you have done any fasting or intermittent fasting before, you'd know that at about the third day, you would experience terrible headaches because you're detoxing. Have you experienced, maybe some of you have done fasting or you haven't eaten for quite a while that you get a headache. Yeah. Um. A few years back, I was doing that, so I had a terrible headache. Uh, my dad, my brother, and I were actually in Jakarta in Indonesia. So I told him I had a headache. My dad, told, my dad says, let's get a foot massage 
called reflexology. Have you heard of that, reflexology? Well, it seemed to be very popular at that time, but the idea was, what is reflexology? The idea was that there, were pressure, there are pressure points in the bottom of your feet that when triggered aids in the, hearing of, uh, in the healing of whichever part of the body they are connected to. So they push this thing and your ear heals. They push another pressure point and your headache goes away or something like that. So little did I know, if you haven't experienced it yet in your life, I would advise you not to <laughs> because it hurts. <laughs> they would just press on those pressure points and just give you the extreme amount of pressure anyone could get. And Filipino Tagalog, my, uh, the, the language in the Philippines, is sort of closely related to Bahasa Indonesia, which is the Indonesian language. And the people that were giving me my reflexology massage were all laughing and talking in Indonesian. And I could hear them using the word for beating me up. They're like, this guy is getting beat up. We're going to beat him up or something like that. I couldn't translate it, but I heard that word. Well, needless to say, after that, it was so painful that after that, I was just so thankful that everything's over. And you know what I forgot, even if I still had it? My headache. <laughs> and that's what being thankful is. Because of our biggest problem, which is salvation from sin and death in hell, everything, according to the Apostle Paul, is our, he, call, he calls it our light affliction. Have you read that in the Bible? Our light affliction. So if God has taken care of the, the, the biggest problem that we have, everything. And he says, he says in Ephesians chapter 1, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It didn't say some spiritual blessings. Oh, I love the wording of this. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And that's all the more reason why us, as re the regenerated son or child, ch uh, children of God, have to have a thankful heart and attitude. Did we answer all the questions? Keep sending those questions in. We'll have, like I said, we'll have it uh, maybe once or twice a month, and then we'll, uh, we, we might not be able to get through all of them, but we'll try. Praise God. Father, thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, for, um, for these questions. We pray that they're a blessing to everyone. Help us, Father, to age uh, in... in reference to our first and second question that people would understand the importance of salvation and how to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, also where to get our doctrine for today. But for all of us, that we would have a thankful attitude. Amen.